This episode is brought to you by State Farm. If you're a small business owner, you know that it isn't just your business, it's your life. And whatever your business might be, you want someone who understands. That's why you might want to check out State Farm Small Business Insurance. Why? Because State Farm agents are small business owners too, living and working in your community. That means they know what it takes to help you personalize your policies for your small business needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Wow, that guy means business. Just an amazing player. No, not him, the sports photographer behind him. Uh, what? He has a business bank account with QuickBooks Money, where he earns 5% annual percentage yield, so he's scoring big on and off the field. You might even say he's the MVB. MVB? Be? The most valuable business. Making your money work harder. That's how you business differently. Intuit QuickBooks. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes are in APY. APY can change at any time. Hi, I'm Kara Swisher, editor-at-large of Recode. You may know me from the History Channel series Ancient Aliens. That one was for you, Mark Benioff. But in my spare time, I talk tech, and you're listening to Recode Decode from the Vox Media Podcast Network. Today, we're going to play my interview with Mark Benioff, the CEO of Salesforce. I talked to him on the latest episode of my show on MSNBC, Revolution. We talked about everything from homelessness in San Francisco to why he bought Time Magazine to why he's so into meditation. And of course, we talked about Facebook. Let's take a listen. Mark, thank you for inviting me to your evil lair atop San Francisco. I appreciate it so much. It's beautiful. Thank you. Thanks for coming up today. So we have a lot of stuff to get to. Yeah. Um, let's thank start you. with Prop C, which is a, a proposition on homelessness. How do you feel about it passing? It's it's going to tax businesses like I feel yours. Like it's great that it passed. Right, because you backed it. Because I backed it, and also because you know we have a very serious situation here mm-hmm. in San Francisco where we have a crisis of homelessness. Right. And the, no one is do, No one wanted to jump in. Nobody wants to do anything. And uh, it's the most serious it's ever been. 7,500 homeless individuals, 1,200 homeless families, each with two kids. And we need to do something. And so we have a great new uh, answer, which I think is going to be fantastic. So, Mark, you surprised some of your peers uh, who opposed you on Prop C. And I you, did surprise and you them. And a public fight with them. Explain why you thought that was. What was the thinking? Well, a lot of it, I think, is Pavlovian. You know, you're kind of taught in business school. You hear business taxes. You say no. You know, that's yeah. the way you're supposed to do as a CEO. Right. And the reality is, in today's world, especially here in San Francisco, that just is not mm-hmm. what you can do. You've got to really be mindful and think about right. what is it that you want your company to be for and mm-hmm. what you're doing with your business. And here at Salesforce, that's very important to us. Mm-hmm. But we realize that the business of business is improving the state of the world and that business is the greatest platform for change. So when I look at something like Prop C, I realize I can have a dramatic impact reducing homelessness in San Francisco right, by, by taxing ta- myself, right. absolutely. And what did you try to do to get them to do it? Now, you, you always call them out. Why do you do that so publicly? Because others don't. It's sort of in, in, within the tech community, everyone does some, everything sort of quietly and among well, themselves. Well, what I think you're referring to is that I was just minding my own business, mm-hmm. supporting Propsy on Twitter, right. on my you know endless my- stream of tweets. Right, right. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, I was going down a dark alley, and mm-hmm. Jack Dorsey said, now, hold on. I don't agree with this. Right. And he copied my tweets. Mm-hmm. And then I said, okay, well, what's your plan? Right. And if this you're not for... the CEO of Twitter. The CEO of Twitter said, mm-hmm. I oppose this. Mm-hmm. And I said, okay, well, what's your plan? And what are you going to do for the homeless? And mm-hmm. what's your plan? What's mm-hmm. your plan B? 
And he said, well, I guess I don't have one. And I, <laughs> I said, well, then what are you giving? And, and then he said, well, that you're just distracting me. Right, right, And right. he said this on Twitter, and it was a public discussion. And I right. said, well, I feel very strongly we're in a crisis of homelessness in San Francisco. Right. We have 7,500 homeless individuals, right. 1,200 homeless families, each with two kids. Let me say, what are we going to do about you specifically, this? Specifically, you weren't just, you're in two buckets. You're either for the homeless and for the kids, or you're for yourself. You are either for the homeless. Right. Or you're for yourself. Right. Yeah, and for me it was binary. Right. And that's because I walk around San Francisco every day, and so do you, and you can see we are in a horrible situation. So what are we going to do about it? Now, you've also said, I've gone hat in hand to every high net worth individual in the city. I know who is willing to give money and who isn't. Why do you use this sort of in-your-face tactic? Why do you think it's important? Well, I felt I was just responding to him. Right, but, but in I'm general, not... you have been. You've called people out all the time. Well, I'm willing to say if somebody challenges me, and it, right. but I will not go directly for somebody who has not now, opened that door. Now, it's had some to This week, earlier this week, Brian Chesky announced that Airbnb, which is also located in San Francisco, who's the CEO and one of the founders, is going to give $5 million to the homeless. Fantastic. And also, why do you th- Jeff you, Lawson you, just gave a million dollars from Twilio. Twilio. So what, and others what, are now coming forward. Off, what sets it off? That you well, know. I think that finally, you know, you basically have the permission. Right. And that's coming from their employees. A lot of those employees of those companies were upset mm-hmm. that those companies were not supporting Prop C while this was going down. Right. I was kind of a little bit, I mean, I had Nancy Pelosi and Diane Feinstein and Jackie Spear mm-hmm. and Glide Memorial and I had mm-hmm. the priests and I had the rabbis and the imams and all that helping me. But there were no COs on my side. I was the only CO. Right. Now they're coming out. This is really helpful. Do you, do you ever worry about coming across like a blowhard? I mean, I've had people say, oh, that Mark Benioff, he's such a blowhard. Like, do you ever worry about that? No. I am only worried about doing what's right. Okay. I'm only doing about really saying I know that I'm trying to help the homeless. And then, of course, you have people who are going to be just people who are naysayers and all these people who mm-hmm. are trying to you know, knock you off your mm-hmm. thing. But... The reason that we got Prop C passed is because, you know, this is the right thing for the city. And 61% of our population has voted for Prop C. There might be some legal challenges to it. There's, you know, that could always happen. But the reality is this is the will of the people. Right. And again, you don't also mind getting in, talking about the crisis in tech, this tech clash that's going on. How do you look at this? Because there's a growing problem of income inequality. There's a growing problem of where jobs are going, the addiction issues where the money is coming from, like Saudi Arabia and stuff like that. There's, you know, Google about whether they should work for the Defense Department, and we'll get into that with you later also. But It's never been a better time for your industry. I know, exactly. <laughs> it's great for to be a, an annoying uh, reporter. Why, what do, you, what do you think is happening in tech? Is, is there really a problem now with tech not being what it used to be? Today, technology in our whole industry is in a crisis of trust. Mm-hmm. Companies have to decide what is their highest value, what is the most important thing to them. But today, many companies don't know that. Maybe because they were built on a product vision, or maybe they were built just only on a technology vision. And they have to switch and they have to think about, oh yeah, you know what? Trust is our highest value. Mm -hmm. Some companies have made that shift, some have not. Those who have not made that shift are paying a very big price. Who has not? Well, you can see cases where CEOs have lost their job over that. Mm -hmm. We saw that, you know Travis very Mm -hmm. well. At Uber. And Travis really ended up with a crisis of trust and his board ended up removing him Mm -hmm. as the CEO of Uber because, you know, they didn't trust him. And and they were worried, can he really help us um, to get us to where where we need to go as a company? And that's why Dara's, for example, in his job today because he's 
building trust. What about and that is a message, by the way, not just for um, every tech company, it's for every company, mm -hmm. which is, you know, we're in a, we're in a trust revolution. Be, tech was supposed to be this happy thing, this thing that was inspirational. I never thought of tech as a happy thing. No, but you know, I really looked at it the as, idea of the future, leaning into the future. Well, I think that this is what CEOs should be doing. CEOs should be leaning into the future and saying, what kind of values are we going to lean in with? That is, the idea is, what is your highest value? Okay. And at Salesforce, we think a lot about trust. You know, nothing is more important than the trust that we have with our customers, with our partners, with our employees, with our key stakeholders. Mm -hmm. But also we think about other key things like equality. If we're not about the equality for every human being, what, what are we for? And that can be about gender equality. That can be about LGBTQ equality. That can be making sure that we have great public education. Has tech done enough or has it let down this country? and this world. Well, I think you should ask that question about business. Right. You know, business is this incredible force through our whole country. We are built on capitalism. Mm -hmm. That is one of the great things in the United States is we're a capitalist society. And that means that we encourage entrepreneurship and people like me to come in and build these great companies and they have, you know, just from not just from the days of Steve Jobs and Apple, but also the days of Henry Ford. Mm -hmm. And Every company is built on a set of core values. And then today, those values are more important than ever. And you have to think about what kind of company are you building? What do you really care about? What is really important to you? And what does your leadership mean? What do your products mean? And you know that mm -hmm. there are certain companies in this valley that are challenged right now with their values. Yeah. They just can't say, we're going to do the right thing. Are they Instead, they say, we're going to build the best product we can. Right. And that, those are two different things. Are they responsible for these problems? Absolutely. They're 100% responsible for the disasters that they're creating, not just for their brand, mm -hmm. but in society itself, because they just won't say, we're going to make sure trust is our highest value. And Kara, here's, here's how you know. Mm -hmm. You can see their executives are walking out, their employees are walking out, their customers are walking out. And that's going to continue to happen if they don't change their values. What, is there one that's the worst offender? Well, I think that there isn't a worst or a best, you know. Well, there's not... a worst, but go ahead. <laughs> you don't have to say it. I'm not saying a worst or a best. Right. I actually don't know. Mm -hmm. So you might know because you know these people even better than I mm -hmm. do in many cases. But the way I look at it is there's an opportunity for every company to, to be an agent of change. Mm -hmm. That business is the greatest platform for change, exactly as I've said. But that means you have to decide as the CEO, do you want trust is your highest value? Are you going to stand for your employees? And that's a major issue. And you can really look at it squarely in gender equality. Mm -hmm. So gender equality is, of course, equal advancement and equal opportunity, but it's also paying men and women right. equally for equal Which work. Which right now at Google, that's one of and the issues. And it's also about preventing sexual harassment. Right. I mean, you also look at, Google. Go ahead. Look, well, I'm just saying, just these, recently. You, if you want to make gender equality a core of your culture mm -hmm. and that that's important to you, it's easy to do. It's very easy to do. But if you want to switch and you want to not be about that, that's also very easy to do. Mm -hmm. And we can look at each one of those areas of business and culture to really understand, you know, what kind of company do you have on your hands? Do you think tech can redeem itself in 2019? No, I don't think so. I think that these problems are big. 
I think that they are multi-stakeholder. I don't think it's just about technology. I think it's also about government. It's going to be also about other key stakeholders, including consumers, that everybody's going to really have to come together to understand where we're going in a society. For these big we're, well, we're moving into the fourth industrial revolution. This is the biggest, most exciting change to society ever. And as all of these companies and everyone goes into the fourth industrial revolution together, we better do so with the right values or we're going to end up with a society that we're not going to be very happy with. Well, let's talk about that when we get back. We're going to talk about LGBT rights and immigration. And you've had some controversies around that. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You've heard it before. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. But it's more than just a tagline. Because State Farm agents are small business owners themselves who live and work in your community. And if you're in the market for small business insurance, who better to work with than an agent who understands what it takes? State Farm agents can help you create a personalized insurance plan that fits your small business needs and budget. Talk to your local State Farm agent today about small business insurance. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Wow, that guy means business. Just an amazing player. No, not him, the sports photographer behind him. Uh, what? He has a business bank account with QuickBooks Money, where he earns 5% annual percentage yield, so he's scoring big on and off the field. You might even say he's the MVB. MVB? The most valuable business. Making your money work harder. That's how you business differently. Intuit QuickBooks. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes are in APY. APY can change at any time. We're here at the top of Salesforce Tower, like I like to call it, your evil lair. Um, explain the building to me. There's all sorts of people hanging around. There's well, views of Well, this is the Ohana Francisco. floor. Yes, I know. And, yep. you know, when I first got up here and I looked around, I'm like, this is such an amazing experience. Mm -hmm. Everybody has to have the opportunity to come up here. And, in right. fact, we now have about 6,000 people mm -hmm. coming up here a week. Mm -hmm. The general public will also be able to come up here. This is not just for the company, though, you know, it's certainly part of who right. we are. Right, And nonprofits and NGOs, mm -hmm. when we're not using it at night and on the weekends, can use it for fundraising and all that. Right. And it's not just this floor, it's also the floor below us. Right, and so you want to sort of let the community use it, which a lot, most tech companies don't do that. They have these sort of in-the-air, beautiful places. You know, Ohana is the word for family. And, right. You know, look, I view Salesforce as so tightly integrated with our community. Mm-hmm. And this is a great way we can back and give back. And it's not just here, right. but every city where we have a big tower, like Indianapolis, New York, right. London, Tokyo, it's the same thing. Right, right. Atlanta. Right. We just, What's with the Hawaiian thing? The shirts and the Ohana and the tikis or whatever? Well, we don't have any tikis, right. but we do have, we just love that word Ohana because mm -hmm. it means family. All right. I'm going to look at two different things that happened that were, one was very positive for you. You guys went up against... Uh, then Governor Mike Pence in Indiana around anti-gay and lesbian LGBT yeah. things they were doing. You gave me an award for I that. Did. I did. I gave you an award, a big gay <laughs> award. But talk about why you did that and what was the impact of that and why you decided to step out. Because well, that look, was when people were not stepping out at all. It's very important for our employees that we stand for equality. Mm -hmm. And that means no discrimination. Right. That regardless of your race or gender, uh, your sexual orientation. Um, we're going to make sure that you have a free place to work that, you know, the government is not going to impede on who you are. Right. And we were in a state, Indiana, that signed a law mm -hmm. that said, you know, we're not going to do that. Right. that there's going to be restrictions. And you and that's used when your we said, economic power to say no. I yeah. used my economic power and I also used the power of a phone call mm -hmm. and said, hey, Mike, 
can we adjust it? And in fact, he agreed mm -hmm. to changing the law, and uh, then we got back to a good place together. Good place together. All right. On the flip side, you recently underwent a controversy, just like Google has around different things, around uh, Border Patrol, work that Salesforce does for Border Patrol. Working in the government. Working, in the, working with the government. That's right. You do a lot of government work. That's right. Some of it's going to be controversial right, right now with immigration. That's a That's big right. issue. You That's make right. recruitment software for the Customs and Border Patrol. That's right. Some people wanted you to not, to pull That's out, right. and you That's decided right. not to, which was brought a lot of controversy. But this is a very important topic. Ninety days ago, we decided we have to put something new in place in Salesforce, and that's our Office of Ethical and Humane Use. All right. The idea is that we have a structure and a vehicle to engage not only our employees, but also key stakeholders to have these discussions about where is all this technology all right, going and how are our products being used? Are they being used ethically? All right. You decided differently that you wanted to keep working for the government. Others criticized that, that you should not be working for the government, which is abusing immigrants. I don't think there's going to be any finish line mm -hmm. when it comes to the ethical and humane use of technology. Right. That is, we are in a new world mm -hmm. and how our technology that we're creating here is going to be used, whether it's in the U.S. government or in corporations, well, this is, this is all has did to you be make, looked at. Did you make the right decision there? Absolutely. Because? Well, we made it with our employees. I didn't make it. Right. I made it in concert with all of those activist groups with our employees, and we're not gonna all agree, mm -hmm. but we can have that discussion and we can figure out how to move forward together. Mm -hmm. Did you mind still being criticized for helping uh, possibly hurt immigrants at that border where they're being family separated? Well, first, that wasn't true. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so there were a lot no, of things that were being- other things, but you, you were making other points. There were a lot of things that were being said about us that weren't true, right. but that's fine. That's not really the point. The point in my mind is we didn't have a way to have the conversation and now we do. Okay. And I think every company is going to need to be able to have a structured conversation so you, around humane use. Right. You gave a million dollars, you were going to give a million, and they sent it back. Well, we give a lot of money to a lot right. of nonprofits right. and NGOs. And I think that there was so much rhetoric around what was going on that it just wasn't clear for some of them exactly what were we involved in and what were we mm -hmm. not involved in. So let's finish up talking about this work about the chief ethics officer, chief mm -hmm. ethical use officer. Is it going to be something more than deciding whether you should use a certain vendor? Or is it going to be for real things like where is AI going? What should we do? Who should contribute to AI? Is it, a lot of people think it's just a PR stunt by a lot of these companies mm -hmm. to have a chief ethical officer or a chief ethical Well, I user. think we're one of the very first to actually have, is it going to have an Office of Ethical and Humane Use. But the first thing we did was we got the top experts in ethics mm -hmm. from all over the world, including here in the United States, not just universities, but key activist groups, mm -hmm. nonprofits, Amnesty International, and we started having discussions, in fact, right here on this floor, to say, okay, how do we make sure that the products that we're selling, the products that we're building, the products that we're marketing are being used ethically and humanely? That is becoming a core and strategic value of Salesforce. Do you think other com tech companies need chief ethical officers? That they should have these or they should be thinking more about these things? A lot of people feel, I have written this, that a lot of these tech CEOs did never take a humanities course. And now the issues they're facing are so ethically thorny, right. it's hard to know what to do. We're now at a point in the history of technology, we've opened the door to the fourth industrial revolution that every company in our industry will now have to look at the ethical and humane use of the technology that they're building. Right. You can see that already in different countries with different types of 
organization structures, that they're using technology that here in the United States we probably would never permit. China, well, facial surveillance. Take a look at what Europe is now doing with GDPR, the where they're saying, That's enough. hey, enough is enough. Mm -hmm. We're going to make sure that you control your data. Everybody needs to kind of start to take their position. So we're looking down at San Francisco. I know you said you wouldn't run for mayor of San Francisco, but if there's like no, a groundswell of support, would you do that? What do you, you know, I, the city's I, in need, I really Mark. believe business is the greatest platform for change. All and right. that as the CEO of Salesforce, and I think it's evidenced by what just happened with Prop C, uh -huh. with what we've done with the medical center, with what we've done with the public schools, what we're going to do for the homeless, mm -hmm. is that we can do far more here than any politician can do in a political office, right, and that's so, why I so strongly believe that so I'm in the right job. As we look down at San Francisco that, that we can see amid all this haze and smoke, what do you see San Francisco in 20 years? Well, I hope that you know we're a light unto the nations, that this is a city that is an example of not only great technological progress, but great social progress as well. But we've had that in the past. You know, here's the home of the summer of love. Here's the home of great companies that we all know, like mm -hmm. Levi Strauss and Wells Fargo. Here's the home of gay rights. I hope that we'll see other things. Here's the home of the internet. The home of the internet. I hope that we're gonna see some great things emerge out of this city that lead us into the future the same way that those other things have led us as well. So you're still hopeful? I am a hopeful person. So Mark, unexpectedly you bought Time Magazine. <laughs> Can you explain that? I was sort of shocked. Well, we had been talking to Meredith Corporation about right. this great purchase they made, which mm -hmm. was of uh, the whole Time franchise, mm -hmm. which included Time Magazine, Fortune, Fortune. Magazine, Sports Illustrated, and People right. Magazine. Mm -hmm. And the reason why that was so interesting to me is I really believe that this is more important time to have a glo positive global impact than ever. Mm -hmm. It's one of my core values. Right. And I thought one of these media brands could be used in such a positive way. Mm -hmm. And for a while we thought we might end up with another one of these brands and all of right. a sudden it became clear to us, no, the, the brand that we can have the biggest impact is Time Magazine. And Were we you like that. trying to copy Jeff Bezos? Is that what you all moguls get together and say, <laughs> it's not sports teams now, I think we'll own a media property. Well, it's so strange. I, if you had asked me, you know, even like just probably six months ago. Yeah, I know. I, well, you know, would you right. be using Time Magazine or buying mm -hmm. Time Magazine or creating this Time franchise? Mm -hmm. I probably wouldn't have said yes, but it just became crystal clear to me that this is something that's going to trade once mm -hmm. and that, you know, this ability to have a positive global impact with time was kind of right. unprecedented. It's such, a, it's such an iconic and historic brand, mm -hmm. you know, and the ability to, to tell stories with it that can create so positive change. So you you want to create positive change, but you're not going to be operationally involved. How are you going to run this? Henry Luce was very active in it. Are you going to be that kind of, like, I would like, would you order up a, you know, I'm mad at Trump. I think I'll order up an angry Trump cover. <laughs> I think that what we'll do is really say, you know, time has always been this incredible trusted brand for humanity, mm -hmm. but it's really been held back by the structure of Time Inc. and Time Warner and, and all of those things. This is the first time since, you know, the founder who you just mentioned, you know, has started the company or started the magazine. Well, it's very much like that, and it could be its own magazine. It can be anything it wants to be. What's your role? You're, you're, I'm you're, the not, you're not answering my question. Visionary. What does that mean? What, are you going to walk around and say things? I, I, yeah, I'm going to walk around and, and try to inspire mm -hmm. a vision for the future of the What does that the mean? Brand. I don't even understand what that means. Well, that's why I am a visionary up? leader, Kara, and you're not. <laughs> but I actually make content, so I would like to know what if you were the owner of something that I had, what your business was. Well, here's how I look at it, right. which is I think we are going through a lot of change in our society today. Mm -hmm. 
and for a lot of people, they're not really sure how to make context of this change. And is it going to really help them, or is it going to hurt them? You look at it from the perspective of technology. The mm -hmm. technology is a critical part of that change, but there's really many, many different parts of change that are mm -hmm. that are happening today. And I think that having a trusted guide like Time Magazine mm -hmm. and having that in the right hands, uh, and given giving the leaders of that magazine, the support they need to do what they need to do, I think that's, that's the most critical thing. you're going to give them more money. Oh, yeah, we're going to invest very heavily. We're going to heavily. invest very heavily in, in, in journalism because you think it's important. Now, this drags you into politics now more than ever. I don't think so. I'm not, I'm not a political person. I'm mm -hmm. not, I don't look like, act like, talk like, walk like, and I have no interest in politics, and I will never run for political office. And do you want to know why that is? I don't believe you, but go ahead. Because I believe that business is the greatest platform for change. I see. And, so, that, and I think I tr continue to prove that that is my I'm going to ask you that question again in a second. But, I'd let, okay. you know, Jeff Bezos has gotten dragged in with the Washington Post. Trump attacks him all the time. Your cover of Time this week, I think it's Trumpier, Grumpier, or something like that. You're going to get dragged into politics as well, the owner. I mean, you'll be in just the way Bezos has. But are you worried about that? I'm not worried about it because I am not going to be operationally involved in time. I'm not involved in politics. I'm not running for political office. I want to create a great business yes, but you own it. that provides value to society. That's what I'm doing at Salesforce, mm -hmm. and that's what I hope I'm going to but be doing at Time it. also. You will get dragged in. Well, I, I own part of Salesforce too. Right. So what are you going to do if you get Trump starts tweeting at you, for example, like he does with Bezos? Well, that hasn't happened. Not yet. I don't deal with hypotheticals, Karen. All right. All right. Okay. You don't have a plan, <laughs> a plan of action? What's that? I'm you, calling you first. Okay, all right. I'd say <laughs> duck is what I'd say. So give me the, the, the three big predictions for tech and politics over the next two years, because you think about it. Will tech be regulated? I Will hope Trump so. win in 2020? I don't know. I'm not a political analyst. What about the regulation? Talk about the regulation. Well, I think that it's, you know, I've been saying this now for a while, which you look at what's going on with brands like Facebook. Mm -hmm. Facebook is the new cigarettes. You know, mm -hmm. it's addictive. It's not good for you. There's people trying to get you to use it that even you don't understand what's going on, mm -hmm. the government needs to step in. The government needs to really regulate what's happening. We just heard a child scream that cues me to say, <laughs> and Facebook has ambitions on your children. They mm -hmm. now have Facebook for kids. They're using all the techniques and technologies that they use to attract you mm -hmm. to attract your children. The government has to step in. That's, that's the cue so for the government. So what should the government do? Well, I <laughs> think that this is the role of government to protect us, and yeah. at times of severe change and you know they did that with the cigarette industry they need to do that with cigarettes. the technology industry. That's a strong industry. comparison, cigarettes. Well I think it's the right comparison. Cigarettes kill you. Well I think this is the, the, the right comparison that we can see that you know Facebook can have very serious effects on society the same way that cigarettes can and I've been saying this since I think I said mm -hmm. it at the World Economic Forum in Davos in January for the first time and when I said it everybody was like, oh, this can't be true, and now here we are just 9, no, 10, 11 ten months, months later, later, and people are saying, oh, I guess this is true, and, and now we actually have senators calling for regulation, Warner, Warner and others. And others. Right, they, did, they talked about it a lot. We yeah, had I think that they're absolutely right, and I think you're going to have more of that, and because there are far-reaching aspects of the new technology that most people still don't really understand. understand. So you clearly want to make an impact, so if you don't want to run, and you absolutely don't want to run, for any office, mayor of San Francisco. I will never run for political office. You will never run for political office. I never will. So, do you have any candidates that you're backing for 2020 at all? After the, we're, we're through the midterms, no. none at all. What about a tech CEO? Who would you vote in? I think you would be very good. I would Because I think it would be great if we had a woman president. It would be fantastic. I think you're 
pioneering and a lot of key <laughs> no, issues involving you. equality. No, thank you. No, thank you. That's oh, uh, right. I shall. Uh, You'd if, be a great if politician. If elected, I will Kara. not serve. No, thank you. Um, I will not be president, at least. Maybe something oh, else. Oh, all right. Well, so, we but, can get but, you but, in something but, else. Should, what what position would you like? Queen of the world. All right. Um, queen of the world. Right. We'll get you on the ballot for that. Should other business CEOs run, though? Do you, how do you think the Trump experiment has gone? I think that it really depends on the person, you mm -hmm. know, and somebody, first of all, is going to have to have a deep desire to be president. There aren't mm -hmm. that many people who want to be president, number mm -hmm. one. Number two is, you, what about their values, you mm -hmm. know? That is, this is an important country, and this country stands for something in the world. We're very different than every other country. I've been to almost every country, mm -hmm. significant country on the planet. So what is it that our country does that others do not? We're so special and unique and our approach to freedom, our approach to liberty, mm -hmm. our approach to equality. You know, these are things that are so important that will need to be preserved and that, you know, whoever is the president has to continue to, to show the difference between the United States and every other country. If you were president, what's the first thing you'd do? If I was president, what's the first thing you'd do? I'd radically invest in our public education system. Mm -hmm. I think that we have a tremendous need today to look at the three and a half million public school teachers who on average are making about $35,000 a year and say, we're behind you, we support you, we love you, thank you for everything you're doing for our children, and we're going to double your salary right now because I don't know why our public school teachers are not the highest paid uh, employees in our country. Well, that sounds like, like a platform for running, Mark. What? I'm just telling you exactly what I would do. All right. I don't have a pl I'm not All running right. well, here. Well, if you Sorry. do, you're going to give me the first interview, <laughs> and we're going to launch it back right here. Okay, great. And then we're going to repel off you. the side of the and building. And if you are going to run, I expect you to make, I want to be the first one that you call. I will, you will not be. All right, thank you so much. Thank you, Kara. Thanks again to Mark Benioff for joining me on Revolution at the top of Salesforce Tower and to the whole team at MSNBC that helped us put the show together. You can find coverage and analysis of the interview on Rico.net and msnbc.com. Thank you all for listening. You can also find more episodes of Rico Decode on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And please tell a friend about this show. Now that you're done with this, go check out our other podcasts, Recode Media and Pivot. You can find those shows wherever you found this one. Thanks for listening to this episode of Recode Decode, and thanks to our editor, Joel Robbie, and our producer, Eric Johnson. We'll be back here on Wednesday. Tune in then.